right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and today is the third and final segment of the Round Robin Roundtable with me and Danny from Locked On Golden Knights and Kenneth and Josh from Locked On Stars. Uh, great discussion. Last two segments have been obviously the last two shows, so if you got to catch up, uh, if you want to, you can go back and listen to them. We kind of broke it up into segments. First one was about where our teams were as kind of like a summary of their season, where they are, uh, where, where they headed into the, the pause. Last episode was about kind of what to expect in the playoffs, kind of players to watch on our respective teams. And today we kind of dive into uh, a little bit continuation of that and looking at the round robin uh, round in particular and kind of had some fun with playing off of who we think is going to beat each other's teams and things like that. So first things first, we'll get into social media. Follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, Locked on Avalanche. Send questions, comments, concerns, opinions. If you have a take on how they played in their exhibition game, uh, definitely send it to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And I said on yesterday's show in the beginning, like the that will be the most scrutinized exhibition game in history. Um, and I think it, it, and it would have gotten worse. It would have been worse had the Avalanche lost. And, you know, if you didn't really believe me, look at what's going on in St. Louis. St. Louis was shut out. And as I'm recording this, uh, the Bruins had a horrible first period. And just reading comments on uh, some of their Twitter boards of uh, Bruin fans, it's like the world is coming to an end. And that's what we get with this exhibition game. It means nothing. But it means everything. It means it means nothing in the grand scheme of things, as we know. But when it comes to the fans, and even you know, if the team is playing that bad, uh, there are some things that you have to pull out of it, just like you had to do with the Avalanche. But uh, it, it's like overkill right now. I don't know. I know the second period had just started, so obviously I don't know how that's going to end up. But for nothing after one period in the first exhibition game back is not how anybody wants to start. And it's absolutely not how any uh, fan related uh, people want a game like that to start. So Bruins fans are losing their minds right now. Like we're, they're done for. And that's just how, that's how fans are. Uh, So like I said, in yesterday's show, I'm kind of happy. The avalanche at least won their game and as poor as they played, they still won their game because if you know they, they played poor and won, okay, we can deal with that. They played poor and lost. Say they gave up a goal. Say they gave up a goal with like you know when the extra uh, extra skater was out for Minnesota, and they scored with like five seconds left, and then they go on into overtime and win. We would be singing a completely different tune today, but we're not. They, they held us over for the victory until they play on Sunday. And everything is okay right now. People are kind of turning a blind eye to eight penalties and things like that. And just pointless, costly turnovers. Well, they weren't really costly because they didn't really give up 
anything on the turnovers, but just things like that that will get tightened up, will get buttoned up. It just wasn't there, but that's to be expected. But you can't tell certain people in the fan base that they want excellence all the time. Don't believe me? Just go look at the message boards. Um, all right, let's dive into part three of this roundtable. This is going to be it, uh, the culmination of everything before we kind of head into our round robin weekend. Exciting stuff. So here it is. Sit back, enjoy part three of the round robin discussion with Locked On Avalanche, Locked On Golden Knights, and Locked On Stars. All right. So now let's get into our round robin. Um, go, I guess we'll just kind of go game by game who we think, because for the Avs, I, I, well, let's start with, you know, the Blues guys aren't here to defend themselves. So they're, they're 0-3. Sorry, you're, you're not here to show up. You're, you're not here. So <laughs> Sorry, that, that's the rules. That's yeah. the rules. Yeah. I think the actual Dallas Stars would love that. I think they would very much take a free win over St. Louis. They need something to get that monkey off their back. Well, and the interesting thing for the Avs is against Vegas, they, those were some of their best games of the year against Ooh, Vegas. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and those games. Yeah, Jesus. you probably want to forget them as quick as possible. Oh, they were both in Vegas, and I was at both of them, covering both of them. And all I saw, the only thing I remember distinctively was that Belmar score like a minute in and just yeah. like all, all the Golden Knights fans were like, what? How poetic was that? Oh my God. <laughs> it was so hilarious. <laughs> um, Man. So yeah, they, they, they played excellent against Vegas and, and then struggled well, mightily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like again, that, it was just yin and yang between, you know, your guys' two teams. So I, and having said that, they'll probably beat the stars and, and lose to Vegas. But, um, yeah, I don't know where to go. And then you have you have to take into account the pause and the three plus months that nobody played. And yeah. does the the fact that the Avalanche didn't beat Dallas at all this season matter? Not anymore. But to me, it does. Yeah, I mean, it did. Yeah, it's still the same teams going in, but um, it's different for 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 playoff matchups. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. It's so difficult to predict these games right now. Anybody can take it. Yeah. I mean, the way I'm looking at it right now is I think Vegas beats Dallas. Sorry guys, but I I just think, (laughs) I I just think uh, in a battle of goaltending, I would probably put my money on Vegas, no matter who is in net. St. Louis is an interesting one because the last two games Vegas played against St. Louis, they went into overtime and the final score was six to five in both of those games. So I honestly have no idea how that can go, but if we're, if we're playing by the rules of them not being here, then that's an automatic <laughs> win for Vegas. Um, Colorado, like I said, they're, they're probably the most dangerous team in the West and just watching them it's going to be interesting because we haven't seen the Pete DeBoer coach Golden Knights against Colorado yes so true. the the Gerard Gallant Golden Knights got absolutely mollywopped by Colorado in both games happy Nevada day was the first one uh back before Halloween (laughs) It it was actually Nevada day uh that game and Vegas just got ran over by Belmar and company and then I think in the second game, it was, it was like, it was two to one, one minute. And then I think Kadri scored twice. And then all of a sudden it was over. Like the, the, they yeah. got blitzed both times. And the wor- and I think the worst thing for Vegas was the top line of Colorado did not do 
anything no, in either of those games. That's right. And they <laughs> got Molly Whopped. Yeah. Will that will those results matter? I don't ultimately I don't think so, but it's a neutral site, which I think plays into the favor of that the results prior not mattering. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we also haven't seen outside of I mean, St. Louis is one game, I think, but they haven't seen DeBoer coach against Colorado. And I really don't think we've seen DeBoer coach against Dallas. So I'm, I'm ultimately, I'm going to say two Oh and one for, for Vegas. Okay. But I mean, it could really go either way. Okay. What about Dallas? Kenneth, you want to start? Oh Please. gosh! Don't put it on me. I'm a... All right, fine. I'll, I'll start if you want. <laughs> Let me just say something, and then I'll just I'll just copy off of you. We'll just do that. Okay. Well, we'll take it game by game. <laughs> well, it's interesting because with the round robin, these three teams, the stars have so they've played so distinctly against each team. The Avalanche, obviously, four zero and zero this season. The the Golden Knights, one zero and one. So pretty neutral. The you know splitting hairs there, and then. Against St. Louis, there we went one, three, and one. That was the only team, I believe it was the only team in the Central Division, aside from the Wild, that they did not have a winning record against this year. And so that plays a, a big part in just the overall, I guess it's, it's going into these three games, there, there's so many different ways that each one could go, as we know, as Danny talked about, as, as we've all probably thought about over the past month or so since the schedule came out. But I, I don't know. I think going up against Vegas, first and foremost, that's, to me, that's probably the best bet for the Stars because St. Louis, you're obviously still trying to get past them, not only physically but mentally as well. Get past them, get a win under your belt. And if you go up against them first and foremost after four months off, it might not go so well. Meanwhile, the Avalanche now fully healthy. Uh, you know, winning four, even though the Stars went 4-0 this year against them. I think it was one of those games was in a shootout. One of those games was in overtime. And then another one was like a one-goal win. So they were all close. So, you know, the record – yeah, the record doesn't necessarily tell the whole story there because they they did play a lot of close games. I think there was only one game the Stars won like 4-1. to Like just kind of took, took control early on and didn't let off. And so, I don't know, Kenneth, in, in my mind, just and of course this is before we've seen them play their exhibition game against Nashville, but in my mind, I see the Stars going probably 2-1-0 or maybe 1-1-1. I, I just yeah. don't know if they're – I just don't know if they're going to be able to – I think they – I you know, Danny, it, it's, it's yin and yang here. I think, I think the Stars actually match up – could match up pretty well against Vegas. Uh, you know, as long as Ben Bishop is there and in the zone, I think they might have a shot there. And then it's just like Avalanche and St. Louis, I don't know, because Colorado is now at full power. They're at full strength. And so – and they're probably also a little hungry for revenge. We all know back in January when uh, Bedner post-game of that fourth matchup of the series, fourth and final matchup, talking about the Stars cheating on faceoffs. And, you know, we, we, we've got these, these storylines going into this that really 
make each matchup so unique for the Stars. But I could very well see them winning two games. It's all going to matter if they can get that offense going and if Ben Bishop can stay in the zone like he was for most of this past season and last year's playoffs. But I could very well see the Stars winning, going 2-1-0 and in this round robin. Uh, yeah, when I kind of look at these these three games for for Dallas, we've talked. Josh mentioned, I think, a, a couple of questions ago that for the Stars, they they are in a kind of a spot where they don't have a ton to lose in these three games. They're already the fourth seed; they can't go any lower. And I think that that's going to give them a little leeway to to mess around a little bit with uh, lines and how they do things. And I think that's something that we may see. Uh, I don't know that that's going to benefit them in these three games, but I think they've already got you know, half an eye turned on towards their, their first series, whoever that's against. You know, Rick Bonus has cycled through his forward lines a couple of different times during training camp trying to find something that works uh, that can generate a little bit more, uh, especially in the offensive zone and generates more offensive zone time. That's something they've really struggled with this year is kind of keeping the puck and keeping the, uh, keeping the other team pinned in. So I think you could see a lot of shuffling, maybe not a lot of shuffling, but some shuffling in the forward lines in these three games, which which could create, I guess, some issues in terms of winning these three games. I would probably, you know, you look obviously at the at the Avalanche and the Stars. The Stars have a good record against the Avalanche this year. But Josh said they're close games. I think that Avalanche offense, it scares me personally, even though as good as Ben Bishop or Anton Hudobin can be and as good as that defensive group can be, the, the Avalanche are, are a threat to score. It feels like every time they get the puck in the offensive zone, they, they create a lot of chances. Um, so I, I think I see them probably dropping the game against the Avalanche. And I think I see them probably dropping the game, the game against Vegas too. Because I think those two games, they're really going to be trying to try different things out. Rick Bonus talked about uh, early on in the pause that they were looking at a lot of other teams and how they were kind of constructing their offense to try to pick up ideas that they could, you know, apply to apply to their team. And this is going to be their first chance to really apply those in a game setting, um, in a meaningful game setting. So I think that could hinder them a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop those two games, whether I, I would anticipate one's probably going to be regulation, maybe one in, in OT. Um, but I, I think I see them knocking off the Blues in that third game. And I, I'll tell you this, the we've talked about it on our, on Locked on Stars and, and, it doesn't, it doesn't take a quick Google search to look at, to find some, some stars writers that have covered this and, and how much this team has struggled against the blues and, and uh, whatever this mental block is. We had Sean Shapiro who covers the stars for the athletic on uh, our podcast. And he talked about it. there's a, there's a mental block for whatever reason it feels like when the stars play the blues, obviously the blues have knocked them out of the playoffs the last few times they've been in the postseason. Uh, they, they had a losing record against St. Louis during the year and, there were times that they just they truly looked overmatched by St. Louis. So I think when they get to that game, I think they're going to have a lot riding on that from an emotional standpoint. I think that's the game that if you had to pick one to win, obviously it's the last game, so you, you want to win that one anyways, heading uh, into your, your series. But I think when you also look at, at what it would mean knocking off the Blues, who has been your bogey team, so to speak, over the past few years, and, and kind of getting that momentum, I think Dallas would be really fired up for that game. I think uh, any kind of cycling through of the offense of the forward groupings, um, any any kind of uh, different changes they may make would probably be over by that point. Um, I think they would kind of have a set idea of what their game plan is going to be for sure. And then I think you're going to get the Stars best in that game. I think they, if they, like I said, if they could pick one game to win, I think it's that Blues game because I think it would be a, a boost to a lot of these guys who have been on those teams that have struggled against the Blues in the postseason. 
And I think that's the lift they could use going into their first series. So I would probably sit on one, one, and one and uh, knocking off the Blues in that final game. All right. Um, I guess for the Avalanche, I mean, I think, you know, right off the gate, right out of the gate, they're going up against the defending champs. So I think, and I think they're going to be up for that. I think they, you know, they, they were ready to kind of, they were nipping at their heels in the standings. They were two points behind them and everything was leading to the last game of the season, which was blues avalanche. Um, And we didn't get that. So I think that they are going to be ready to go uh, on first puck drop to really kind of, kind of set the tone for, for themselves in the playoffs with that first game. So I, I think they're going to play very, very well in that first game, but that's saying a lot because who knows, you know, guys are going to need some time to kind of find their legs and find their flow again. Um, <clears throat> but I think the Avalanche can do that, especially against the Blues, I think. And then when it comes to your guys' teams, I, I think it's going to go this the way it's gone in the season. I think they can take one against Vegas, and I think they will drop one against Dallas. And I, in a, some strange, crazy way, I hope they do drop the one against Dallas so they can somehow meet up in the conference finals and then like sweep them. Cause that would just be, <laughs> that, that would just be, Hey, it. it wouldn't be the first time they've met in the conference finals. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how narrative, that's how narratives work. I thought y'all knew this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go back so. to 99 and talk about that. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, drop the one in the, in the uh, round Robin. And then if they meet in the conference finals, everybody's going to be talking about the record the stars have against the avalanche and then maybe not a sweep, but a awesome seven game conference finals would be great to see. So um, what about, and to kind of wrap this up, what about, you know, once we're done with the round Robin round, uh, maybe a team that you guys are looking forward to playing and maybe a team that you are cautious to play. I don't want to say afraid because we shouldn't be afraid of anybody that we're going up against, but a team that might cause you problems. So a team that you are looking forward to and a team that might cause you some issues. And uh, whoever wants to go, Danny, go ahead. Can I, can I just say I'd rather get – I'd rather want seven games of Flames Oilers. Can we, can we say that? Oh, that'd be great. Good God. <laughs> Eric Gustafson – I'm sorry to do live play-by-play during this. It has nothing to do with us, but Eric Gustafson just got lit up lost his helmet, and then oh. Derek Forbort and the, almost See, got into a fight this is with not, the Oilers. Come on. Exhibition game. come on. Yeah. You know, like. And the Avalanche are playing the, the Wild tomorrow, uh, and that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid yeah. of some Wild players doing some shady things. So Yeah, fortunately, I don't think the Golden Knights have to worry about that against the Coyotes, but we, we'll, we'll leave that for better judgment later. Oh, um, for a team that I think I would – not want to see ironically enough would be the minnesota wild because for some ungodly reason the golden knights struggle against the wild i don't know why i don't know how i i've watched tape of these games for the last three years and i cannot come to any conclusion as to why the wild are just dominant over the golden knights i've never understood it and even in the one, I think it was the one game before Vegas traded for Leonard, Flurry was a net and they just lit him up. I'm like, where has this offense been for Minnesota? You'd think that they'd just been keeping this offense in the closet for the better part of six months. And then all of a sudden, I think, thank God they don't have Kaprizov available because then their offense would be absolutely dangerous. 
Um, a team that I even if they don't face the Golden Knights, the one team that I really am excited to watch out of the West is Vancouver. Just because really? I, I, I've been riding that Vancouver bandwagon for literally all year. And, you know, Mark Strim is great. Demko's great. We already know about the forward group with Pedersen, Horvat. You know, JT Miller's been fantastic addition for them. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it together to be able to get through their qualifying round against Minnesota. But if they do, that's going to be a big win for Vegas, I think, mm-hmm. especially given how this whole thing shapes out with the reseeding. But Vancouver is it, it Vancouver is a team that I think is there, but they might not be there just yet. I agree. But yeah, man, I I, I am thrilled to get to watch uh, Elias Pedersen for a full at least a five game series. So that will be fun. I agree. He's definitely fun to watch. And and like you're saying, like with the the Vegas uh, struggles with Minnesota. Uh, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Sometimes it just happens. And and for the Avalanche this year, outside of Dallas, they could not get past the Kings. Go figure. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. It just makes no, no. sense. They, they, they just matched up well with them, and the Kings gave them fits, and they could not beat them. It, it, was, it was just one of those bizarre things. So, uh, Stars guys, what, what, what say you? Uh, Kenneth, do you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll, I'll start this okay, one because I'm go. confident. I, just, I know I just picked him to beat the Blues in the round robin, but if somebody else could take care of the Blues before the Stars had to face him at whatever stage it would be, I think the Dallas locker room would breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. Obviously, we, we've kind of chronicled this on, on Locked on Stars and talked a little about it a little bit here. The, the, the Blues have that hold over them, and, and obviously, you know, they've eliminated them in back-to-back postseason runs. And last year, uh, Dallas, I mean – it really was a series that I think Stars fans felt like they should should be confident in. And yet, you know, here comes Jordan Bennington, rookie goalie, just, I mean, standing on his head, shutting down the Stars offense. Stars couldn't generate any goals. Then they get close. They should have probably beat him in overtime. And then, obviously, they end up losing, getting knocked out of the postseason. Blues go on and win the Stanley Cup. And I think I think when you when you talk to Stars fans, and I think if you, if you took an honest poll of the team, I think, a lot of them probably would like to avoid St. Louis in this postseason. Um, I just – it's for whatever reason, they just – they haven't been able to knock it off. Now, you talked about narratives with uh, – if the Avalanche and Stars faced and, and they went in and they, you talk about the season series, there would be a bit of a narrative there too for the Stars, you know, with all the history with the Blues. Is this the year that they get past them? Would that be the boost they needed to, to go on and, and make a deep run? But, you know, on paper, it's, it's still a tough matchup for Dallas because the Blues – do a lot of things really well. They match up well against the Stars. And until the Stars can score goals uh, at the rate that, that some of these other teams can, they're going to have a tough time knocking off the Blues. We're a pretty, pretty balanced team, and obviously they're defending champions and the Stanley Cup champions and, and have a great goalie in, in Jordan Bennington. So I think that's the team that if, if I was Dallas or uh, me personally, I would love to see them get taken care of early. And then Dallas can kind of not have to look over their shoulder at, at St. Louis and say, all right, let's take on all these other teams. Because I think they match up well against a lot of the other teams in, in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think when you're looking at the, obviously, first round, they're going to be taking on a team in the qualifying round right now. When you look at the teams in the qualifying round, there's not a whole lot of teams that the Stars don't match up well against, at least as far as stats say, as far as the past season or two say, for this Dallas Stars team, which is 
remained pretty similar since the beginning of the 2018-19 season, besides a handful of additions and subtractions, just like two or three. Uh, It's been pretty similar. The core has remained intact. And so they match up well with a lot of those teams in the qualifying round. They obviously match up well against Nashville, though they were shut out in back-to-back games against the Predators right before the pause as part of that six-game losing skid. But regardless, seem to match up well against the Predators, at least over the past three seasons or so. The Coyotes, they really match up well against. The Canucks, they're actually 17-3-4 against since the lockout season. So if you're, asking, if, you, if you're asking for, yeah, if you're asking for a qualifying round <laughs> opponent that the Stars would like to face, it's probably them. And again, like they will muse about it on Stars broadcasts on Fox Sports Southwest. Razor will talk about it for on and on, just no idea why this Dallas Stars team does so well against the Vancouver Canucks, but they just always know how to beat them. I think they've had one losing season to the Canucks in the past eight seasons, however long it's been since the lockout season. So a lot of success against the Canucks. I do think one of the teams that they may not match entirely well up against, and that's simply based on how they played them this season. Like what you said, Danny, I don't know if the Minnesota Wild are the Stars' best match of the season. And as you said, Danny, I'm not really sure why. Hmm. They are just the most bland team in the National Hockey League, but they they, they win all the time. Yes, and they somehow win. And, like, you go back, obviously the Stars' biggest win of the season came against the Minnesota Wild. But since then, uh, they they finished the year 1-1-1 against the Wild as far as I know of, off the top of my head here. But that's they, they finished the season on a bit of a rough note. They lost in a shootout in early December, and then they end up losing uh, in early February at home. And that was after I think they picked up a 2 nothing lead earlier in that game and then lost it in the third they period. Lost, they lost to the Wild twice. Once they in did? January, once in February. Yeah, because they, they had a 7-0 loss. In the middle oh, of January. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't even think I wow. I didn't even think about the seven nothing loss or absolutely brutal game to watch. And so yes, <laughs> and that was actually Steven John's first game back. So not the best game to make your first game back in over two years, but or in almost two years, but it's still I just don't know why they don't match up very well against them. And the Winnipeg Jets, they struggled with Winnipeg. I think it was from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. They won like one of their or three of their 12 matchups or 13 matchups against the Jets. So really struggled against the Jets in recent memory, though, they've done rather well against them. And then if you can draw Chicago, actually, I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure y'all can sympathize with this. If you draw Chicago, that means Chicago somehow made it in. And if Chicago somehow made it in, you probably don't want to face them because they've got something cooking that you probably don't want to run into. But if, if Chicago gets past Edmonton, that yes. means a couple of things. One, Alexi Lafreniere could be going to the Edmonton Oilers, which <laughs> will be. God that that might be. Will wow. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's also the fact that if the Golden Knights do somehow get the one seed out of all of this, and if Corey Crawford somehow doesn't play, we have the ultimate narrative of Malcolm Subban facing his former team in the playoffs. Mm. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Well, oh, that's, story, that's your storyline right there. Subban pitches <laughs> a 4 nothing shutout <laughs> with a 9.75 save percentage because wow. narrative. 
Because, yeah, Stanley Cup playoffs are chaos. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, I, I, I agree with Kenneth that if somebody could take care of the Blues, that would be a big boost to the Stars. But also, if the Stars end up meeting the Blues in the second round or third round, this, is, this could be, you know, that the old saying, third time's a charm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's good for, the, good for the confidence and the motivation and the momentum if they can really link up and beat this Blues team for the first time since uh, over the past three playoff matchups. So that's a plus. But, you know, in the first round, I really think they match up well against a lot of those qualifying round teams. The one or two teams that I might be nervous or that I think the Stars may be in for – a good, a strong, a solid, maybe six or seven game battle would be against that uh, Minnesota Wild team, potentially Chicago Blackhawks or Winnipeg Jets. But other than that, I think they match up really well against a lot of the Western qualifiers. Well, you guys are talking about the Minnesota Wild a lot. And I think the one matchup people don't want to see in the Stanley Cup final is a Minnesota Wild uh, New York Islanders matchup because oh, I think that I, that would be maybe the first ooh. time in history it'll be uh, a seven game series that goes quadruple overtime in every single game that ends in one to nothing. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're gonna have a lot of people falling asleep watching the a Stanley Cup final of those two teams. Mm. Um, but yeah, you you had mentioned uh, the Oilers and and you know I, I I find it kind of funny that you know ne- neither one of any of you guys really mentioned them as kind of like the, the team that kind of scares you because they do to me. Um, and I, you know, I just don't want to finish fourth in this round Robin because that's probably who you're going up against if you do. And that's a challenge coming right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. They don't, they don't have the best defense in the world, but you know, when you have those two guys, you sometimes you don't need it. Um, so yeah, definitely the Oilers. Um, and I, I do like Vancouver as well. I think Danny, Danny had a good one with Vancouver. It's, it's, can they put it all together at the right time? And is this the year that they can do it? If it's not this year, it's going to be some year. The Mm -hmm. Vancouver is a a team that is coming on hot and, um, yeah, yeah, they're going to be a team to watch for many, many years to come. So. All right, guys. I don't know what else to really cover. I think we pretty much. I think we uh, touched on everything. Oh my god! If, if, yeah, if people we, aren't people aren't set up and prepared for these playoffs right now, I don't know what else we can do for them. We could literally take everything we talked about all the way up until Monday. Like that is literally where we are at right now. I think so. <laughs> we 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 covered a lot of ground. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah, time. this was excellent. So. But in all seriousness, like, I, good luck to you guys in the playoffs. I think it's going to be an entertaining one. And um, it is definitely going to be a memorable one because I think there's going to be some things that we don't expect to happen uh, that are going to happen in this playoffs. I don't know what they are, but just because uh, 2020 has been just a cluster, you know what? Uh, <laughs> why would the NHL playoffs be any different? than the rest of they're always chaos right 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 so So there's gonna be chaos this year i can guarantee i yes i think you can so well the quick question the obviously with with 12 different exhibition games going on over the next three days the odds say and the probability say that at least one of those games is going to be severely lopsided right okay 
I, I just I feel like at least one of those games is going to be like a four goal deficit or something where one team is going to be in full panic mode if right. they get routed for nothing. And I don't know who it's going to be, but mm-hmm. I really it'll be interesting to see if someone does get absolutely just lit up in the exhibition game mm-hmm. and then the entire fan base goes into code red. <laughs> who who are your exhibition games against? Uh so well let's see. Uh, the Stars play the Predators on Thursday. Okay. Um, and then – They don't have does, another one, do they? No, no. no, 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 no okay. Just, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, and the Avalanche are playing the Wild tomorrow, and then Vegas has – Arizona. Who? Arizona. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So, it should be interesting. Yes, it will be. At this rate, it might be Edmonton winning 4 or 5 nothing. Oh, really? What's the score? It is two nothing with two forty four left in the first. Oh yeah, that's and yeah. That's, we're, we're we're on the verge of another fight or two. I, I oh think we're getting this right. It's like the Oilers and the Flames playing for the pride of Alberta with the record books meaning absolutely nothing are and killing they, each other. And they can't behave. <laughs> Cam Talbot is helping his former team in a game that means absolutely nothing. So for real. All right. Well, I kind of want to go watch that now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, let's wrap this up. And uh, guys, maybe we should do this when all is said and done on the other side of the playoffs and kind of revisit how everything went. Sound like a plan? Yeah. yeah. Good. Absolutely. And hopefully the Blues people will show up. And uh, if they're not bouncing the first round, maybe they'll still come on. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> if they get bounced in any round, I don't think they will be coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, the sounds of Gloria will die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, so there you have it. Three excellent episodes, three uh, excellent segments, and great discussion with those guys. Uh, If that doesn't show you what talent we have uh, and what engaging hosts we have here at the Lockdown Network, I don't know what does. Last week, uh, Adam and I, Adam from Lockdown Lightning, did a four-part series where we just kept going. And obviously this week, this three-part roundtable. And I'm sorry that the Bruins, or the the Bruins, the the Blues hosts could not be here. So uh, yeah, they're, I guess, chalk them up to zero and three. If they can't, they can't join. And you know they were working and things like that. But um, sorry, you you get thrown the zero and three record, <laughs> and there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, and I think the way that they played in their uh, exhibition, some people think that might actually happen. I don't. So that uh, oh, and the one other thing that I wanted to talk about was we had said yesterday, uh, you know, how Sam Gerrard did not play and it could be chalked up to anything. And Jared Bednar said he is absolutely fine. Uh, He just gave him the day. Like what we were saying seems to be true. He wanted Connor Timmons to play. Someone need to be sacrificed for that. And it was Sam Gerrard. And I think it was necessary for Sam Gerrard, even though he is in Edmonton and, uh, you know, he can't leave that bubble. Um, he did have a friend pass away. So, you know, even if you can't be there with the family, you can still kind of grieve in your own way. Maybe that was the reason why he selected him. We'll never know. Bottom line is uh, Sam Gerard is doing okay, which is good because he is the Lockdown Avalanche favorite player. And I was all ready to gush about how he played, no matter how he played. And I didn't get to do it. So we're just going to have to hold on that until Sunday when he does play. So that'll be it for this week 
ladies and gentlemen, I am on vacation next week, but I have every intention on recording shows. Uh, you know, when you when you plan a vacation for August back in January, you don't expect to um, have the Stanley Cup playoffs be going on at that time, but they are. And uh, I'm bringing my computer with me because there's no way I can't watch these shows and do and talk about them afterwards. So. Uh, fear not, even though I will be on vacation, there still will be shows next week. That will be it for today and this week. Hope you guys enjoyed that round robin roundtable. I'm glad I don't have to say that anymore. And uh, that's going to be it. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Cannot wait. And uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Stay safe. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.